2: All right. Evergy customers on the Missouri side, check your email because I just did. And And here we go again. Oh boy. With changes to the four plans that you were supposed to have picked on October 1st. (laughs) And it's not major, but it's, it, but it's a difference. And this is just making me crazy. So, um, yeah, email came in four minutes ago. Uh, at, by now, you know, Missouri is changing to time-based rate plans this fall. You can choose from one of the four new plans. Yes, we know. And if you don't go in and, and do the work like I did late on a Saturday night, trying to figure out which plan you should pick, you're automatically going to be, they're gonna pick one for you. you they're, they're gonna decide which one you should have. And everyone's gonna have the same default plan. Any Everyone who doesn't pick one's gonna get the same default plan. And so this isn't a big change, but it's enough that it's gonna confuse everybody. Um, So recently the Public Service Commission, which regulates Evergy has updated which of the four rate plans will be the default rate plan. So the one that you thought they were going to default to if you didn't pick one before is not the same now as what they're gonna default you to. The new default plan will be the quote, default time-based plan Formerly called the Peak Reward Saver Plan. And there's an image in this email that I am struggling to comprehend (laughs) as far as what this means.
1: So all of the people that had to pick a plan by that deadline, was it October 1st? Uh
2: Uh-huh. Because on the night of...
1: Now picked a plan by October 1st that they uh will not be able to have.
2: That's possible. But for sure, if you didn't pick a plan Uh and you just let it default to one, it's not the one that you thought. Now, it's a
1: different default plan. Does anybody in that organization or in the Missouri Energy, whatever it is, uh, commission, do any of them have even a scintilla of competence?
2: (laughs) I'm just, I'm just starting. It's just getting ridiculous. We requested this change based on feedback from customers. No, if you were listening to the feedback from customers, this whole thing would have gone out the window. Yeah, you
1: wouldn't have changed anything. That's that's yeah. what the customers wanted. Was leave it alone. It's fine.
2: So have fun. If you're on the Missouri side, check your email. Good luck. I'll take a look later and try to. What they're saying is that this plan is the closest to what has the least difference. Between peak and off-peak times, it's the closest to what you have right now.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. Fine. Fine. Fantastic. But you you're you realize you're confusing everybody again. Not you. Yes. But, but them.
2: I probably am too. But yes. Yet again, you're gonna have to read an email, interpret something, and then go see if you need to go and change mm-hmm. change online. So have fun. I'll 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 look at this more closely later, and might have more to whine about with it tomorrow because it's just a regular thing now. Okay. Moving on here, we have a couple stories about problems on flights. I wanna talk about this JetBlue flight that was delayed because you're gonna hate everything about this story. So there is a, I'm gonna call him a D-list celebrity because I've never heard of him. Um, I've heard of the show. Yeah, Uh, Jax Taylor is his name and he apparently was on Vanderpump Rules on Bravo. He was the passenger um, in first class on one of those seats that I've never seen, but I assume exists, that lies down, that, that lays flat. And uh, it is an FAA rule that has been around forever and ever and ever that you have to put your seat back up for takeoff and landing. It's It's for safety. It's so that if you have to evacuate, there's more room for passengers to get out, the ones that are behind you, people don't hit their head, all that kind of stuff. He was sitting in one of these lay flat seats on this flight from New York to L.A. and didn't put the thing up.
1: And, of course, through his spokesperson, because mm-hmm. nobody with even any level of celebrity whatsoever ever speaks for themselves, they're disputing the facts of the case because what it is is the airline seems to indicate that they told him to put the seat back up and he just said no, and they can't legally take off like that. The FAA mm-hmm. won't let him, so they had to go back to the gate and he was a problem. What his spokesperson is saying is they put him in a broken seat that wouldn't go back up.
2: Don't you think they would have known that before they put him there? Yeah. Because we would, because I mean, that would have made, we would have heard that probably. I mean, because you have now a seat that doesn't work. You would think that the person that sat in it before him would have said, hey, this doesn't work. And that it wouldn't be a surprise to the flight attendants. Mm -hmm. Nonetheless, this resulted in a two and a half hour delay. And I guess you had a bunch of people that were supposed to be connecting in L.A. to get to Singapore and other, like, big destinations overseas that missed their connections because this took too long. So they had to go back. They had to go back to the to the gate because of
1: this. Yeah. Now, as far as the dispute over the facts of the story... Ask me if I believe the airline crew or if I believe some schmuck uh, reality TV star, because I'll tell you, <laughs> I I happen to think that the airline is probably closer to the truth on this one.
2: I am too, because I'm trying, unless it just then broke and he didn't t- like, it, unless it just happened, like he laid it flat and and it suddenly, it wouldn't go back up right then.
1: In which case, yeah, what do you do? You put him in a different seat.
2: Right. Or somebody gets bumped because yep. there's there's not there are no other first class seats there. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. But but I mean the idea that some reality TV star is gonna be a self-entitled little baby and, and say no, 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 and we make up. Yeah, I, I I think that's probably true.
2: All right. Then we go to Pittsburgh International Airport. If I'm not mistaken, <laughs> this is the airport that by a lot finds the most guns. In bags going through TSA. You're not in your head. Am I right?
1: Yes. Notice that, have you? Uh, yeah. yeah. For whatever reason, it's like weird and Florida. Guns <laughs> in the airport and Pittsburgh. They, they uh-huh. just, they for whatever reason, that seems to be like the epicenter. Now, TSA has said all over the country the number of incidents where they catch guns in airports is going up. Well, Pittsburgh uh, has already set its record, tied its record mm-hmm. for a year this year so the the record was 35 and that happened in 2019 but that was for the entire calendar year from to from january 1st to december 31st of 2019 we still have two months left in the year and pittsburgh's already at 35 guns having been found in the airport discovered as people were going through tsa which only makes me wonder okay you caught 35 how many didn't you
2: hopefully they're catching them all yeah
1: right <laughs>
2: because i assume metal detectors are good You'd
1: like to think that wouldn't you <laughs> you know
2: that that a gun is an obvious thing that when the guy is sitting there looking we all have that moment where you know he's staring at your bag going okay i hope i hope he doesn't find anything where he doesn't know what it is that he's gonna have to pull me over to the side again like a microphone they never know what that is and uh-huh. that always gets your bag searched why pittsburgh though what is the deal
1: it is funny yeah because i mean uh, if you ask me what city do i think more people are packing heat than anywhere else i would have Mm -hmm. said like houston you know texas right pittsburgh probably would not have made my top 10 list but apparently not only are they heavily armed they forget a lot
2: quote unquote forget or don't (laughs) look at the rules that you can't like do they forget or are they dumb
1: uh, right, right. It, there there really is no choice C. Uh, it's one or the other of those. So don't know, but if you're flying through Pittsburgh, just recognize you might have to duck.
2: Take your gun out of your bag. Like, don't. <laughs>
1: yes, uh,
2: we're getting calls. Sure, we can uh, take Clarence in Kansas City. Hello, Clarence.
0: Hi, how are
1: you? Couldn't be better, Clarence. What's on your mind? Hey, listen, I just wanted to
0: respond. You, you know, you would think that the airline uh, folk would know that they have broken seats. But I've been on numerous flights where I was looked at as the bad guy sitting in a seat that I couldn't uh, pull up. And then to add insult to misery, I've had one a flight attendant come through saying, please pull your seat up. And then I've had a second one come back again to say, this is the second time we've asked you. And then I have to read Mine are, are pointed out that the seat is broken.
1: Now, in those cases, was the seat reclined when you sat down in it?
0: Uh, it could have been, but it, it was. I, I know, it, you know, it. it um, as, as I sat in it, I realized that it wasn't. That it was, yet. yeah. But,
1: okay, right, right, okay. Um, it, Clarence, thanks. I've thankfully never had that problem uh, on an airplane where the seat broke, but yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, things break. So, yeah. sure, I could believe it. But in this case, in fact, somebody on the text line uh, said, just started watching that show that he's on, which, again, is Vanderpump Rules. He's a compulsive liar, and he's never wrong. Yep, yep. That, that pretty much right. sounds like everybody on reality TV to me.
2: Yes. Um, quite frankly, I didn't know that they made such a big deal about having your seat up. I mean, they always check, and they always tell you to do it. I yeah. didn't realize how
1: stern they are about it yeah and i i never really understood why but they do make mention of it in the article they said in the in the case where you're landing and you have a hard landing or something like that then the guy behind you if your seat's all the way reclined his face is going to go right into the back of your seat
2: and if he needs to hurry up and try to get out it's harder yeah you've cut down on the space where he can just stand up and and exit so now you know why all right, coming up, Morgan State University that had a shooting on campus during homecoming week is doing something that I think is very odd in response to that. We'll get to that coming up here on KMBZ. 913 586 is the phone number to get in here. All right, we talked about the story at a Morgan State University where there was a shooting on campus, uh, homecoming week, and we talked about it for a couple of days because of some of the problems that we saw with who was in charge on that scene. And so now there have been town hall meetings with students about what to do to make the campus safer. This is an idea I didn't expect to come up.
1: No, building a wall all the way around the campus, which is a little confusing. I, I don't know what it's exactly supposed to, uh, unless they're you know going to start filtering people in and out through armed guard gates or something like that. Which when you have, um, you know, when you have an event like this, like Homecoming Week, where you've got a bunch of people that are coming in from outside, I mean, that's a lot of vetting to do at just a couple of access points. So they're going to build a wall
2: and they think that's going to keep people out and they're going to put security there as a way to try to keep the bad guys off campus. Any flaws in the plan here?
1: Yeah. Uh, the As has been stated many times um, among many different uh, iterations of this, any wall can be defeated by a ladder that's one foot taller.
2: <laughs> right, right. Or go under. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not that hard to um, to defeat that. Nonetheless, it's not the only thing they're talking about. Um, they want to install more metal detectors on campus. They're looking at weapons detection technology, more police patrols, and more security guard booths to the tune of $22 million. Okay.
1: Uh, it's their money. You know, sure. they, they can spend it however they want. I just. Uh, part of one of the things that, that makes a college campus attractive to a prospective student mm-hmm. is. An atmosphere that is much more, you know, both academically and just socially relaxed. Mm -hmm. So if I went to a college campus that had walls built everywhere and metal detectors everywhere and security guards everywhere, I would think, you know what? Uh, I think I want to find a different place to go to college.
2: Let's see. University President David Wilson said, we are exploring as a goal to enclose. Oh, paywall, go away. Um, and the paywall just popped up, I think they said ninety percent of their campus is what he said out of the Baltimore Sun, yeah, um, in order to limit access
1: by anyone It is ninety percent, and he said the wall okay. would extend existing barriers, they don't describe what the existing barriers are, but they said they would extend existing barriers by about eight thousand feet. That's a lot of wall.
2: They're not telling me how, how how tall it is, and I think that's critical how how big are we building this thing? What I picture in my head is like we have walled cities. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you go to Quebec City, it's famously a walled city. I think Mexico City has some of that still left over. That's what I'm picturing is like this brick or you know, cement brick wall going up fifteen feet so that nobody can get in.
1: Yeah. I mean Jerusalem for that matter. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, uh, we're talking about there's a few walls there. So mm-hmm. some more famous than others. I yeah, I I don't know. I I understand the reaction because a scary thing happened. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, the scary thing that we thought was happening that night, keep in mind, is not what happened. You had two different groups of people that had some kind of beef with each other and somebody fired shots. So uh, I wish them luck. I mean, is every car that comes onto campus going to be searched?
2: And there comes a point where um that amount of visible security doesn't make people feel safe it makes them feel like they have reasons to be to feel unsafe right right when you've got metal detectors at every entry in a campus and you've got armed police everywhere it makes you think is the threat here worse than what i thought it was it doesn't to me that doesn't calm anybody
1: no um yeah and and Really, I think what we're dealing with is we're looking for a solution to a problem that doesn't have a solution. So uh, if the problem is somebody might shoot somebody on campus, yep, you're right. Somebody might. And they might if there's a wall, and they might if there's metal detectors, and they might if any of these things happen, that you're not going to be able to stop that from happening. So... Uh, yeah, putting up all of those barriers and things like that and making the place look dangerous, I think, is wrongheaded.
2: Yeah. Um, $6.4 million is what the wall is going to cost. I would just say put more energy into, like, cameras on campus or just ways to be reactive if and when things happen. Um so that you can catch the people. Get your communication straight, perhaps.
1: Yeah, and I want to address something that just came in on the text line here for a second, too. Uh, Somebody said, kind of like a gated community. I see a vast difference in between the two. Only in the, I mean, yeah, granted, the effect is the same, but really what you're talking about, there are two very different reasons to put up a wall. In this case, they're putting up a wall to try to stop scary things from happening. You know, they're, they're trying to stop shootings or whatever. Whether it's going to work, again, is, is another question. And I, I don't necessarily agree with their motives either. But to my mind, gated communities are a bunch of people who think they're better than you and me. And they don't want us around. They don't want them to look at us unwashed masses. And it's a bunch of people that I frankly can't stand. So if they want to live behind a wall, fine, let them. I don't want to look at them either.
2: And if more metal detectors helped eliminate school shootings, we would have no school shootings. We'd just put metal detectors in every school that doesn't have them. Yeah. And boom, fixed. So... Do what you can, though, to make students feel better, I guess, entirely up to them. Yep. All right, we go to Arkansas uh, for this next story. Um, I think we need to describe to people what a pit maneuver is before we talk about what went wrong here.
1: Yeah, very simply, pit maneuver is something you've seen on TV a hundred times, where you've got a chase going on, you've got a police car that's behind somebody, thus the chase. Very few people chase the cops. (laughs) Um, So you get a police officer behind with a pit bar. That's that thing that sticks out from under the bumper. It's a big metal bar that goes over the grill of the car. Um, And the reason it's called that is because it's instrumental in this move. So the, the cop car goes up to one side of the car, usually the driver's side, Uh, And as they're coming up toward the back bumper... They get up next to it and kind of nudge the back bumper sideways, and it spins the car out. Uh, it's a way to stop a chase, at least temporarily, while they you know, get out of their cars. And most of us wouldn't know what to do if somebody pitted us. You know? mm-hmm. So yeah. they, they're assuming that the bad guy is going to flip out and go, why am I spinning? And, and not know how to drive anymore. So it stops them really fast, which is why you use that maneuver. And then it allows you to kind of surround them and get the guy out of the car.
2: And it's very effective, unless you hit the wrong vehicle. <laughs> and then it's not effective Whoops. in catching whoever you're trying to catch. And that's what a now-retired state trooper in Arkansas did. How
1: does this happen? They said that the, the car that they were looking for was a white sedan. And so this cop came up and was going down that street where apparently the car was going at a high rate of speed and just found the first white sedan he could come across and went, (laughs) all right, spin. Uh, Yeah, grabbed the wrong car. And needless to say, there was one very unhappy and very confused driver wondering why a police officer had just committed a pit maneuver on him. and, And the bad guy, unfortunately, at that point, was still driving.
2: Uh, Fox News, the trooper passes several cars before his vehicle approaches the white sedan, which flashes its brake lights as the trooper draws near. But as the white car slows down, the trooper rams his vehicle into the rear left side of the car, sending it flying into the shoulder of the highway. Uh, Oopsie. Yeah. And I've not seen what his explanation was. Of that,
1: just that, yeah. Like I said, it, it matched the description. See if that sounds familiar to anybody. Uh, that's always that's always the best way to do police work. Well, he matched the description, so I shot him. Um, in this case, like, a, yeah, nobody was shot, but still, you ended up with somebody that um, that it, the one thing that we can be sure of is it's a dangerous maneuver. Um, yeah. it, it not as much for the police officer, but it sends somebody into a spin. And as we said, most of us don't know how to deal with that. So pitting the wrong car. Yeah, you want to make real sure. And did he not notice that when he came up behind that car, it didn't run away from him?
2: How do you make sure it's the, there are a lot of white sedans out there? Yeah. Wouldn't you make sure the license plate matched, perhaps?
1: Or I'd look for the one that was going 90. <laughs> right. And not the speed limit, <laughs> you yeah. know, or close to it.
2: Yeah. Uh, if you have thoughts here, 913-586-7798. Still to come. we talked a couple of days ago about this guy who was stalking a woman in an airplane and throwing tomatoes down from this plane. Yes, I know it's weird, but it's true. We know more about him, and we'll get to that coming up here on KMBZ.
0: Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports.
1: That clock at four. Donchich. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America.
0: Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device, credit, service, ported, 90-plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.
2: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an
0: ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter.
2: Um, And so we did the story a couple of days ago out of upstate New York where you have a retired merchant marine who for some reason had chosen this woman and her family to stalk from the air from an airplane, small airplane, in part by throwing tomatoes at her house. (laughs)
1: For the last four years. From above. yeah, Just uh, just dive-bombing the place with tomatoes. Yeah, uh, the one thing we know today that we did not know yesterday was her identity. She's 42-year-old Cassie Willis. And uh, she was in court facing this guy, Michael Arnold, age 65, who's been accused of this stalking. And and like you said, every detail in the story makes it a little bit weirder. We now know that, at least in his version of events they've never met, that he says, she's crazy, I never met her, I don't know her. She is also a restaurateur, so uh, he said that he'd only been to a restaurant once and didn't return after coming down with food poisoning. She disputes that and has some surveillance footage that seems to show that he's lying about that. And, and how this ended up being this weird stalking harassment thing, it just none of it makes any sense.
2: Yeah, she owns Revolution Cafe in the small village of Schuylerville. She shared videos that allegedly show him circling her home in his plane and following her in his car. And to me, there's a little bit of a difference. Both of them creep me out. Yeah, This gets more serious though, when you're following her in your car. And again, this has been going for four years, documented for four years. What is it about her? So he clearly saw her at some point and became fixated on her for some reason, or because of this food poisoning, decided to, you know, take it out on her for four years. It's one thing if you're over the house, I guess, and and being a bother in your little plane. But when you're following her, that's a different thing.
1: Here's my guess. Uh All right, you ready for this? Based on just the evidence that we have in front of us, uh, the conclusion that I'm going to draw from this is that they may never have quote-unquote met Mm face-to-face. I am curious. The one thing that she didn't address is he said he was only in her restaurant once. Um, Whether that's true, I think, is is another thing that might make a difference here. But I'm going to guess that what happened here is that it, usually it's easy to tell. If you're on a small cafe like that and you're the owner, you you mm-hmm. do that. You go out into the cafe and say, "Hey, how's everybody doing? Is everything okay?" Yeah. You kind of go from table to table just making sure that everything is running well. So my guess is that she was in the middle of doing that. And and when that happens, it's obvious that that's the owner or at least, you know, the floor manager or whatever, that's somebody in charge. So my guess is going to be that she was talking to somebody else and he overheard her saying something he didn't like and decide it because that's the world we live in now. If somebody says something you don't like, you freak right out and and go completely bananas and and start carrying a vendetta against them for the rest of your uh, of your natural life. That she was just talking to somebody else and you know they were talking about whatever and she said something he didn't like and he decided, "Oh yeah, I'll show you." It's
2: interesting where our heads went here, because with that, my thought was, did she go up to his table and say, hey, you know, hope hope your lunch was good. How was it? And he maybe in his mind, like flirted with her a little bit.
1: That could be. Yeah.
2: You know, and she even not intentionally, she didn't return it. Like maybe she didn't reject him, but she didn't flirt back. That she didn't get
1: it. That that's yeah. what he was doing or whatever. Sure. That makes yep. total sense as well.
2: That's what I think. Yep. And I don't know. She's not confirmed the food poisoning. I no. don't think it was food
1: poisoning at all. Yeah, that, be, And that's that's part of why I said what I did, because he's mad at her for something. Yes. So he's going to trash her anyway. He, the food at a restaurant gave me food poisoning. Everything about her now is going to be absolutely hateful to him. So, yeah, that, I, boy, for some reason, you're right. The the unrequited love thing or whatever, that, that may be part of it as well. But she did something probably unintentionally that just flipped this guy's trigger.
2: For years.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: he used, it, it just is amazing how far this went. He set up a fake Facebook account with a fake name <laughs> to allegedly harass her. And threaten her daughter in violation of an order of protection. Yeah. Um, I was looking for more details. I can't remember... All the background on what had happened, because he'd been arrested multiple times in this case over the last four years, because it has us asking about the weakness of an order of protection and how how little teeth that actually has. Yeah,
1: and and it wasn't just flying over the house and dropping tomatoes either. I mean, she's saying that every time she went out, if she went out to walk her dog or whatever, that she would see that plane that this guy or following him in the car, either one that somehow he would be there. Yeah, this guy's got a major, major problem with her, and and it seems like she doesn't really know what it is.
2: Can I? I assume now there's going to be maybe federal charges here because he was arrested October 3rd, this is most recently, at an airport in Vermont for circling her home in his Cessna. That was in violation of an order of protection that banned him from flying. Yep. So this can apply to flying as well. The FBI tipped off local police that he was flying.
1: Yeah. uh, Federal charges here somewhere? It could be because she lives in New York. So if he's taken off from Vermont and crossing a state line into New York to do this, that entire flight is a crime. So, yeah, as soon as he took it over state lines, he made a big mistake. Here it is. It's deeper in the Fox News story. This is what happened.
2: She said her husband recently died told Fox News Digital Arnold is a former customer who has terrorized her and her family since she rejected his vulgar advances in November 2019. You nailed it. She she says she's been living a nightmare ever since he emailed her photos of him posing with nude women. (sighs) She told him he had crossed a line. That's when he allegedly began his campaign of harassment, flying over her home several times a week, following her in his car when she went to work, walked her dog, or took her daughter to school. As her husband was dying of colon cancer earlier this year, he'd fly so low that their roof shook and the windows rattled. She wondered, I thought maybe he was going to fly into our home. I didn't know what he was capable of.
1: (laughs) Okay. First, uh, Jamie... Guy uh-huh. uh guy wants to go out with you, sends you yeah. a picture of himself with a couple of naked women. That gonna That'll do it do for it. you?
0: Yep, that's
2: okay. a definite yes right there. <laughs> I'm in. Because sending any kind of nudity um, nudity to a woman that you don't know, which has happened to me, mm-hmm. that's
1: automatically the way to uh to win wow, her over, right to her heart, yeah, absolutely. And, and second, I go back to the very first question I had about this: What was this guy's end game that he was going to terrorize her into finally agreeing to go out with him? That's not how it works, man. I don't think. Um,
2: I've said this before. I don't think he he thinks about it that far. I don't think because we talked about this before. But wasn't there the stalking case out of Texas where she won a really big civil judgment? against him, and we that case went on for a long time, too. Uh It was an ex. You know, she'd broken up with him, and it was one of those things. Yeah, I don't think it's um, conscious. I don't think it makes sense. I don't think they think ahead
1: to—they just want revenge. But at some point, that's going to lead you to jail. I mean, you're never going to get what you initially wanted. You're never going to get her affection by doing what you're doing because everything you're doing is horrifying to her. And and the only way that ends is she's, and she's also never going to be punished for it. So the only way that ends is you in jail. So uh, well done. Here's this was another problem here um,
2: because this has never really happened before. She said she filed at least 10 police reports and content contacted the prosecutor's office saying they didn't take her complaint seriously The Schuylerville mayor says part of the problem was that authorities had difficulty determining whether Arnold was flying low enough for the conduct to constitute stalking.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So if the order of protection says you can't come within 500 feet and he's flying at 510 (laughs) feet directly over her house, that counts. It's like a big dome. Uh, Whatever. (laughs) things we've never had to think about before.
2: I mean, whatever the height hit is that makes her windows shake. Yeah. I think that's probably low enough to constitute stalking or the number of times that happens probably
1: low enough to constitute stalking. You'd think.
2: So that's why they just banned him from flying because they couldn't sort that out. So they just said, you just can't fly.
1: Yeah. And if you drove by the house, yeah, because we do, we think of that, you know, you can't come within a thousand feet of this person. And we think of that in linear distance. We don't think about the azimuth. You know, It's like, it's eh, no. Uh, yeah. Up high works too. I, yeah. What a bizarro world case. And you just, you crawl in the side, inside the brains of people like this and you wonder what kind of labyrinth is in there that leads them to think because you you don't do something without a thought in mind of what that's going to accomplish. If all he wanted to do was scare her, that's still <laughs> not a great excuse. But but you're going to get punished for that.
2: Um the New York Post version of this, if you have kids in the room, cover their little ears here for a second. Oh boy. Um because we learn more now about about how this how this went. Um initially He sexted her a photo of himself, partially naked and bound in bed. That's, that, that's, and my guess is, I don't, I
1: don't, back to your point, what did he expect in return? (laughs) Yeah, right. She was going to go, hey, uh, guys, um, flowers. Maybe maybe, just hear me out on this. Maybe start with flowers. And she was married. Uh Uh-huh. At the, t- I
2: mean, she was married, and then her husband died of colon cancer. Yeah, her husband um, was still
1: alive when it started, so yeah.
2: Yeah, it just take take the rejection again. It comes back to, I don't know, I don't know how that's the first thing he sends, right? But take the rejection.
1: Wow. Especially if you start off like that, something in your brain should go, okay, she's not into that. I'll keep looking. Yeah.
2: All right, well, I'll take a breath here for a second with that one. Uh, we'll be back to wrap the show next on KMBZ. Again, if you have children with an earshot of your radio, this would be the time to cover their little ears for a second. Uh, Because of the story out of Live Science, that john's gonna do so that i don't have to say some of the words in the story
1: yes words like crocodile sex frenzy uh which is apparently what we <laughs> Not the have they use. <laughs> yeah well yeah they use crocodile orgy well they they did sex frenzies in there too but it's deeper in the article uh yeah this what a bizarre one uh, and it wasn't one that they expected because uh well first of all i don't think anybody really expects that it is a good punk band name though so uh a chinook helicopter. The Chinook helicopter is the one that's got the two rotors that are both horizontal. It's a big, long thing. It's usually used for troop transport and things like that. Um, but they were using one of these things. It was flying above a crocodile farm in Queensland in Australia. Um, and for some reason, the, the the noise of the helicopter itself, that that low frequency drum beat of the helicopter blades, Set off a an orgy, a frenzy of sexual activity among the the crocodiles. They're still trying to figure out exactly why, but uh, they they said that as soon as that helicopter started flying over this alligator farm, it was like Viagra to crocodiles. It just set them off, and they thought, "Ooh, it's mating time!" So they started climbing and writhing all over the female alligators, and it was um, it was it was quite the scene. It was like all of a sudden it was the '70s again.
2: This is the part I'm willing to say. John Lever, <laughs> yeah. who owns that farm, said uh, all of the big males got up and roared and bellowed up at the sky.
1: Gator growl. And then yeah.
2: after the helicopters left, they mated like mad. <laughs> There's something about the sonic waves that really gets them stirred up. So an expert attempted to explain this, uh-huh. like the science. A herpetologist out of the UK so there are a few reasons why a helicopter might spark a frenzy like this one is tied to helicopters simulating many of the warning signs of a thunderstorm yeah heavy rains are known to be an aphrodisiac for many species of crocodiles and they think that's what it is okay
1: all right um yeah so if the thunderstorm isn't there helicopters are good enough I guess
2: Warm and wet weather also usually triggers mating behaviors, and this is about the right time for this to happen in northern Australia.
1: How about this? Crocodiles have multi sensory organs called intergumentary sensory organs or ISOs that are used to detect changes such as movements in the water, atmospheric pressure, and sounds at extremely low frequencies. So that's how they know. And if any of those intergumentary sensory organs gets tripped off, that's their natural reaction to it. I, um, <laughs> there's actually a movie called Sex Weather, but that's another story for another day, uh, that, that makes that same kind of connection. I, I don't know. I mean, this is specifically for crocodilians, but I guess there's got to be somebody out there that gets turned on by thunderstorms. The critical
2: piece of information that's missing from this story is did it uh, what was the result? <laughs> did they mate?
1: Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, Did we have a bunch of new little crocodiles as a result of this? The well, yeah, that's I guess that's going to take a little while. But they said the sound of a Chinook's powerful rotors may resemble the sound of competing crocodilian males, such as the low bellowing sounds of males looking for a mate. So maybe it's the thunderstorm thing. Maybe it's just hey, there's another crocodile in here. I better get get it while I can. They said, or the sound of males slapping the water with their jaws, which is another territorial courting behavior. (laughs) So, okay. Okay. Uh, uh, Yeah. Uh, I mean, how many little crocodiles will be born because of the Chinook helicopters? We just don't know yet.
2: We don't need a bunch more. (laughs) They don't need more of them. We hear all the time about the attacks. I think we have enough.
1: How many sets of boots can be made out of all of those guys? I mean, you know, there's more to make out of them than just, you know, river horrors.
2: (laughs) Really? Yeah. Because that's all we ever hear about. (laughs) Right. Just crocodiles.
1: Crocodiles ate 147 people last year. Yeah.
2: Yes. All right. Then we wrap this up out of South Brunswick, New Jersey um, with this isn't really funny, but it kind of is. Um, So there was a cemetery worker who was working on a grave. And then things went wrong. As they do.
1: Yeah. Uh, in order to you know, to get everything prepped for a burial, um, in order so that they can walk back and forth across it without falling in, then uh, what this particular uh, cemetery did, and I'm sure this is probably common practice, is they put a 4 by 8 a sheet of plywood mm-hmm. over top of the grave so that you could just walk back and forth real easy. Uh Unfortunately, it gave way. And just uh, officials said a funeral service had just wrapped up, which is even worse because that means the caskets in there, too. When a 47 year old worker fell through that wooden board about six feet down into the open grave, he separated his shoulder. Now, he was alone out there at the time. So when he fell in, he separated his shoulder and he couldn't move. He couldn't get up. So he's there laying on top of a casket inside an open grave, oh My gosh! and he can't get out. It, they, they said that when they, they came in to get him, um, they had to use all kinds of special measures. They employed uh, trench panels and ground pads to stabilize the area because at that point, they're worried that the whole thing's going to fall in and collapse in on him. But they got him out. Uh, they turned him over to EMS, and everything is going to be okay. But this easily could have gone very, very badly for him.
2: Admittedly, I don't have a lot of experience looking at open graves. No. So pardon the question. But my understanding from what I have seen is that um, that hole is not loose. Like, I'm surprised they were worried about it caving in on him because it feels like that hole is pretty solid.
1: Usually, yes. Uh, Obviously, things like rain. Can make a difference there because it'll, you know, can saturate the ground. And maybe they weren't real clear about this, about what happened that made him fall, whether Mm -hmm. the board broke or whether the board slid because the ground was unstable.
2: Okay. yeah.
1: So if that was the case, that would give them more reason to think, Okay, we've got to get this guy out of here and quick.
2: Yeah, I guess I was just surprised at all the effort it took to get him out of there. I'm like, six feet is not that far, unless no. you're worried about, like, he hurt his back and you don't want to leave him paralyzed or something. Yeah. But, like, six feet is not that far. Go down there and get him.
1: But, but yeah, separate Lift him up and out of there. With a separated shoulder, though, yeah, you've got to get a backboard and all kinds of things uh, t- to be able to pull him out of there without really hurting him.
2: I'm also surprised because the funeral had just ended. I figured people would be around.
1: Yeah. And would hear him. I guess they had all wandered off by that point, and he was just left alone. If he had screamed, um, OK, on a lighter note, yeah, if you want what, to have fun on Twitter. Sorry, that's what you want to hear is screams coming from an open grave. <laughs> from, a, from an open grave, yes. <laughs> like, the, the zombies are coming. Yes. Um,
2: Twitter right now, if if you need a lighter note and have some fun, Twitter is really good right now talking about everything that we didn't have the last time the Chiefs beat, uh, beat the Broncos. So TikTok wasn't around. If you want to have some fun with that, all that's really good on Twitter. So enjoy. <laughs> Uh, and that game is tomorrow night. So it's uh, we'll wrap things up here. We'll be back tomorrow on
0: KMBZ. Tune In is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports.
1: clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, oh,
0: and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here.